This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, May 19th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton once again, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Hi, I'm Jerem, by the way. Hi. Nice good to, to meet good you. To see it's, you. It's been a while. It's been a minute. And I understand you're a guy still trying to finalize your robotics career at BYU, right? So news came out this morning that BYU engineers, the really smart students and, and uh, faculty here, yep. have engineered an animatronic Cosmo <laughs> called Cosmotron. <laughs> I can't tell if this is... The end of the world, Terminator style? Yeah, I don't know if I'm more amazed or more frightened. Yes. <laughs> so that, this is awesome. We're seeing video on BYU TV of this. You can go to uh, BYU's uh, social media accounts. They posted about this. This is, this is gnarly. It's getting real when you put on the, uh, you know, like the, the Cosmo oh. you know, hair and, and skin and, and fur and whatnot. That's, get, that's interesting. Remember that it's cougar? the beginning of the end. Remember that cougar walking down the trail in Provo Canyon? Oh, yeah. Maybe it was Cosmotron. Maybe, maybe, it, was, maybe it was Cosmotron. Cosmotron. <laughs> Cosmo's already pretty cool. But now I'm, I'm kind of scared of Cosmotron. Yes. Yeah. Like, what is. It's awesome. What if Cosmotron needs to dance, but it's 4 a.m. and it doesn't have an outlet for it? What, what then? What then, I ask? Again, I, I, I'm amazed and I'm a little frightened by all of this. Again, I'm just getting Terminator 1 and 2 vibes here. So. Mitchell versus the Machines. Anybody watch that on Netflix? That was pretty good. <laughs> watch, watch that. Your Wednesday show lineup includes more robots. Okay, maybe not. But it does feature the latest BYU basketball star to play in the NBA. Elijah Bryant joins us from Milwaukee to recap his 16-point debut performance with the Bucks. Discuss his move back from Israel and his current role for an NBA playoff team. Plus, she made history becoming the first player to win freshman of the year and player of the year in West Coast Conference women's softball. Violet Zavodnik will preview the NCAA tournament in Tempe. And Jimmer Fredette with a budding TikTok career. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU freshman center fielder Violet Zavodnik is the West Coast Conference softball player of the year and freshman of the year. She hit 513 in league play. Woo! And slugged uh, 1.103. Okay. She's first player to uh, win freshman and player of the year in WCC softball history. Sixth straight BYU player to win player of the year, by the way. Mm. Cougars playing the NCAA regionals tomorrow versus Vautech in Tempe, Arizona. Nine other Cougars received all West Coast Conference honors. Five named to the all WCC first team, including the aforementioned Violet Zavodnik. Autumn Moffitt-Korth, Martha Epinesa, Riley Jensen, and Hannah Jo Peterson. Hunter Ava and Marissa Chavez, named to the All-WCC second team. Kaylee Erickson and Arissa Paulson, All-WCC honorable mention. Head coach Gordon Eakin is the WCC coach of the year. Autumn Moffitt-Korth is the WCC pitcher of the year. Not bad, man. Not bad. BYU baseball loses 11-5 to Utah in the fourth game versus the Utes this season. BYU went 1-3 versus that team up north. Mm. Final series of the season starts tomorrow against Pepperdine. 80s. How about some good news from Stanford University? 
The Stanford Athletic Department has reversed course on a previous decision to cut 11 different varsity sports this upcoming year, including storied men's volleyball due to increased fundraising and pressure spearheaded by a group called 36 Sports Strong. Now they're back. So welcome back, Stanford men's volleyball, among other sports. All it took was luring up and a little graffiti, yeah, I guess, because yeah. that happened uh, as well. But, yeah, very exciting about this news for Stanford men's volleyball. Oh, man, very excited. Very excited. Carson Lundell, he's off today, uh, top of the next hour in the final round of the NCAA regionals in Washington to advance to the NCAA championship. He has to be the highest of the five individual competitors right now. He's fourth out of five, eight shots back of Santa Clara's Matt McCarty. So, uh Carson with a lot of work to do. All right, let's go, Carson. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented today by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jerem, we look to the NBA for a little bit of perspective on today's trending topic. You mean content in yeah, May? Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that's what I you know, I'm working my way around it, okay? Yes, we looked at the NBA, who have now implemented a new play-in format yep. to the playoffs, which last year LeBron James thought was awesome, and now this year he's like, why are we doing this? I must see TV tonight. Whoever, Warriors, whoever thought of this, that needs to be fired. Yeah. Wait, yeah, it's uh, all convenient. Right? I saw a kid tweeted, when it was your idea for the play-in game. <laughs> you thought it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how it works? But... For content's purpose, we are wondering, is there a scenario where beloved college football in Provo, Utah, and worldwide for that matter, can follow the lead of the NBA and work in some type of play-in tournament to be more inclusive and, frankly, make more money? No. Here's why. Uh, it, it, basketball, you can play almost every day, right? Uh, football is a once-a-week thing. So I, I just don't see how it works. So let's say... Player conference championships, and then at you know the New Year's Six, uh, you know timeline on New Year's is sort of that first round. So are you playing sometime between in the month before that? I suppose you could. Um, I I think if the the playoff expands to eight, which fe- feels inevitable, that perhaps you could do an eight nine thing. Mm-hmm. There's been an expansion. We see the NBA March Madness for a couple of years now has added these other four games just because. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but it is a little more complicated. Perhaps an eight, a nine-team tournament, eight-nine or a plan. So five power five champs, okay, three at large, and then you get the group of five highest-ranked team. If they happen to be in the top nine, they don't have to be the nine seed. They could be the like this year, Cincinnati would have been what, like the five or six seed yeah. or whatever. I think that could work. That could, that could be fun potentially. Um, playing is just a reason to get another game in. So if you feel like you need or want that, uh, go ahead. I think that NCAA college football is already set up with the power six or the new Year's six games. I was going to say you an AAC fan there to expand. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You said Cincinnati, right? (laughs) The new Year's six games are already there and it feels like, but they're not playoff games. No, but it feels like some of those are irrelevant because they're not. The whole bowl system is largely irrelevant. Yeah, but let's so let's make the New yeah. Year's six as an entire entity make it the, relevant. The playoffs. Yeah. Make it the playoff structure. What if you did twelve, but you have the top four seeds have buys, a la the NFL playoffs. Okay, you you could do that. So my recommendation or I guess proposition would be ten teams. This is prop one. Okay. Ten total teams. 
The Power Five winners get the automatic berth. There's five. Okay, so there's five. Then you get the top-ranked group of five automatic berth, six teams. Four at-large teams. They are the four remaining highest-ranked teams in a computers-heavy BCS formula. Oh, look at you, you dog. Yes. Riley, you dog. Yes. Bring back the computer-heavy ranking so that the Boy. human element is thrown out. It clearly is not Again, working. Co- Cosmotron's going to take over if you take <laughs> out of the human element. Okay. So 10 teams play in the six New Year's Six games, meaning okay. 10 versus 7 in the Peach Bowl and 8 yeah, versus 9 in yeah. the Cotton Bowl or whatever. The winners of those games would take on the number one and number two teams okay. who have a bye. So Alabama and Clemson. Yes, and the four and the five and the six and the three play. So those eight teams will make up the other four games. Utilize the New Year's six, ten total teams. There's a play-in scenario there, and everybody's happy because the little guys get at least one team in. And that's not to say that if some other team like BYU or there are two really good group of five teams, they they could also still qualify. They just have to finish ranked in – the top eight or top ten, depending on how all this shakes out, to receive an at-large berth. BYU just had 13 NFL players happen in the number two pick and still didn't crack the Oh, number 11, right? With no Power 5 ga- team. So I just don't see BYU ever being in this situation. That would be really fun. Yeah, or, or, I like that. would it be different? Because there was the human element in the college football playoff committee. Would BYU have been a top ten team based on computers? What if the computers named Gary Barta? <laughs> Then we'll know well, it's a my, sham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe BYU climbs in the top ten, but look what it. Yeah, if we're if we're gonna boil this down to okay, could BYU fit into this realistically? No, because BYU is always going to play a bunch of power fives, so they're gonna lose games. Mm. BYU would have to be undefeated too. If BYU had beaten Coastal Carolina, BYU is intriguing, right? And then they play, but we're not gonna have a pandemic blow up another year. And we're talking about a fictional play-in situation. So this is great content for May 19th. It really is. I, I do like your uh, proposition there. Listen, I'm all for meaningful football. What it do, this does, uh, and one counter to this is, the, the conversation with the playoff, the more you expand the playoff, the more you lessen the regular season a little bit. So I'm okay with that, though, to a degree. I'm yeah. okay with that. And I don't know where the sweet spot is, but right now it's kind of fun to be like, listen, if you have two losses, you're probably not in. It's pretty understood, uh, depending on the year. But in this, it's like, all right, there'd be several two-loss teams, and that's okay. We're talking Power 5 two-loss teams. Don't get confused by ABYU in this. BYU would have to be undefeated to have a shot in this situation, whether it be a nine-team or a ten-team tournament. But, yeah, that would be fun. Football's different. I, I, I do want us to uh, – no one in this conversation should bring up the classes and the academics <laughs> because uh, we talk about it in football, but in baseball it's a joke. These guys are on the road forever, and it doesn't seem to matter in the conversation. It should matter, or I, but I don't really care. These are – when you're a football player here, you're coming to play football, and hopefully you also get a degree. That's the reality of the situation. The academic people are going to text me later and be like, what are you talking about? But when it – but hopefully these guys also get to the degree. At BYU, they do. They do. But in this, in this, this is for money. That's for money. And, I and entertainment. That, I would love it. I know there I don't are care people. if the Clemson and Notre Dame students go to class. I don't care. Uh, I know there are people that are like, well, oh, they can't play forever. You can't just keep adding games. That's why I'm like. Why not? Utilize why not? the six games that are already in place in the New Year's Six. 
play those first two games late December, games. four games in early January, and then you go, yes, you could finish this thing still by mid to late January, and it would be just fine. Yeah. Okay, topic two. Violet Zavodnik had one of the best rookie seasons in BYU softball history, winning freshman and player of the year in the conference. That's pretty good, man. That's it. In fact, it's as good as you can be as a freshman. Who's the best freshman? Uh, who had the best freshman season in BYU history? Any sport? Oh, man. There have been some excellent, excellent freshman players. The strongest submission, I think, is probably Sean Bradley. Pretty because, good. Because he was so good and so dominant that he was able to serve a mission for two years for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He went on a mission trip. Come back not have to play any more college basketball, and still be the number two overall pick in the NBA. Can you imagine, you know, uh, Austin Colley plays his freshman year and then just gets drafted to his that, That's crazy, yeah, right? It's insane. It's crazy. So he yeah. comes back from his mission, doesn't play any more college basketball, and is like deemed number two overall pick worthy. I remember Billy Packer saying, and I was really young when he said this, that when and Sean wasn't. when Sean Bradley returns from his mission, BYU will go to the Final Four. Like he was like, they're they're a Final Four we've, team. We've heard about a Utah player taking <sighs> BYU to the Final Four before. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was disappointing that Sean didn't play another year at BYU, but his freshman yeah. campaign was amazing, incredible. Yeah, um, I think it was Harvey Ungas, two thousand seven. Okay, listen to these stats. He had twelve hundred rushing yards. There, no freshman had ever rushed for a thousand yards at BYU ever. Six hundred fifty five receiving yards. Okay. As a freshman. Okay. That would have led BYU, by the way, prior to last year, the previous three seasons. 17 total touchdowns as a freshman. Harvey was unbelievable as a freshman. And he took over for Curtis Brown, who was the all-time leading rusher. And then and then Harvey takes over that spot, right? Well, and so, Harvey delivered the highlight of highlights at the end of the 2007 season. Yes, he did. Against Utah. Yes. Are we thinking, wait, yes, yes. The, that was an amazing one. I love Harvey's. Danny Ainge, 21 a game as a freshman, shot 51%. That's almost, pretty amazing. Almost six boards. That, that's incredible. Luke Staley scored 13 touchdowns as a freshman. Remember, BYU had Brian McDonald Ashworth. BYU would get inside the red zone. Brian would come out, and Luke would come in look. and score a touchdown. He had 10 rushing touchdowns, uh, three receiving in eight games. Yeah. In eight games. Yes. He scored three against Colorado State in a game where uh, the Rams came into Provo ranked, and I was like, who's this freshman guy? Back when Colorado State used to be good at the football. Yes. Uh, Shaley Gonzalez, 17 a game. She was good. And then Austin Collier, you mentioned. He led the country, uh, all freshmen, with almost five catches a game. Shaley Gonzalez, I'm glad that we brought her up because she scored 30 points in the second round NCAA tournament game. 32 against Stanford. And had BYU in Who that game late. Didn't cut that sport either. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, that, amazing uh, freshman. And, and that's the thing here at BYU, which is fun. If you're good, you're going to play. You're not just going to ride the punt. Yeah, who, who would be the guy for BYU men's volleyball in the history of great freshmen? Ben Patch had an incredible yes. freshman campaign. Yes. Freshmen, okay, in men's volleyball, typically freshmen don't play a ton. It takes a sec. Yeah. But Ben was Davide Gardini was nearly the national newcomer of the year. In okay. fact, they tied, and then they gave it to the other guy. Not a lot of people know that. Oh, man. Yeah, really, really fun. Really fun conversation. In fact, if we left Ryan somebody Wilcox, off the list, one of your favorite athletes, hashtag BYUSN, I, send in the submission. I'm sure we missed a lot. I'm sure Jen Hampson had an amazing freshman year. You know, like <laughs> Alexa Gray. Trust us, Spalding, probably. This is all Americans all over the yes, place. Yes, absolutely. Our question of the day goes back to our initial trending topic. 
What would your version of a possible play-in tournament look like as it relates to the college football playoffs? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. The Ty Can answers on Instagram. Eight teams, the champion from each Power Five conference, two at-large teams, and the strongest group of five team. That There's, may not necessarily involve a play-in because that's just it looks yeah. like it's just four games. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hit, hit us up, Ty, again, because we're looking for a play-in game. Uh, Tyson Peterson, there are seven independent teams. I think the highest-ranked independent team should get an automatic bid in the playoffs. Tyson, love you, uh, but disagree. That's not going to um, happen. But actually, it already happened. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is... If Notre Dame sniffs anything that matters... <laughs> they're good! Rudy, the four horsemen! Touchdown, Jesus! And then they don't do anything. They don't do anything! Yeah. They're the playoff UCLA. Yes, UCLA is just irrelevant this for the last glass. 25 years. This is glass. i got to be careful. <laughs> I would ra- but I would rather be Notre Dame than BYU. You know what I mean? Like, at least you're, you have you're a chance. In, you're there. You, BYU, you have a BYU wins all its games? 14th. Coming up, which BYU team's the most dominant in its conference? And the latest BYU basketball star to make his way to the NBA, Elijah Bryant, joins us from Milwaukee. He's balling out. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The final baseball series of the season starts Thursday against Pepperdine, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app, BYU Radio 107.9 FM, and the BYU Cougars app. See if BYU can finish on a high note, unlike last time. Over the course of the past month, they're trending in that direction. Absolutely. But yeah, last, last night, night wasn't great. Last night stings. Let's do better. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up once again with Jerem Jordan. The band is back it's been a minute. together. Hi. The band is back together. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a guy we are thrilled to talk to, just made his debut with the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA, Elijah Bryant. Or should I say three Elijah Bryant? We're so happy for you, man. Congratulations on uh, getting your call up to the NBA. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. How long has this whole thing been in the works from the time that you found out when you were playing with Maccabi that, you know, a transition to Milwaukee might actually take place? Well, I would say maybe a, a few weeks or so. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that go on um, with, with something like this, just with, you know, me still being under contract and stuff like that. But um, I kind of just let my agent focus on all that stuff and kind of get my family prepared for whatever we needed to, uh, you know, do. But yeah, it it, it kind of unfolded fast. And living overseas, you know, you're packed up in 10 bags. So it's not something easy for us to kind of just throw everything in the suitcase and get going. So I had to kind of prepare my wife to be ready. Uh, but living overseas, certainly a unique situation. You guys have been awesome about YouTube videos and you kept your social media out for a long time. When you left BYU, you said, I will play in the NBA. It was like a very profound statement, like, I will will this to happen. I'm going to work so hard that it can't not happen. Here you are, man. What did it take to be an undrafted free agent, play in Israel for, for a couple of years, and now get a chance in the NBA? Uh, I mean, I think everyone's path's different. Um, I think 
um, too many people get caught up in, in rankings and, and their drafts talking all that stuff and forget that the hardest part is just, you know, being able to overcome adversity. And I think I'm, I've done really well at, at that and understanding that um, I'm in it for the long run, you know? So I think when I made that statement, it wasn't that, oh, I'm gonna get drafted or oh, I'm gonna be the best player in the first year and then go, I, my time is coming. <clears throat> like I was telling, <clears throat> excuse me, I was telling uh, Spencer is that, you know, the Lord knows the desires of your heart. So I know if I live my life right and I was working hard, you know, then everything would have come to fruition. And uh, obviously, I'm super grateful for the Milwaukee Bucks to, you know, give me this opportunity. But I, I know that I put the work in and I'm ready for this opportunity. Elijah Bryant with us on BYU Sports Nation, one of the newest members of the Milwaukee Bucks. Take us to the moment you heard the news was official from your agent and that you were leaving Maccabi and going to Milwaukee. What was that like? Where were you? Walk us through that experience. Yeah, I kind of knew it was like it was going to happen. It was more so of like the back end of what things had to go. So as soon as I found out, it's it was weird. I was telling my wife, it wasn't so much like a celebration. It was more so like my mentality switched to like, okay, now I'm at the end of the totem pole. Like now I have to work even harder. You know, I didn't have time to like where it to be summer league and for me to like celebrate. Okay, yeah, it was more so like they're on a they're on a playoff run. I need to figure out how I can help the team the most, uh, whether that's being the best teammate, working hard every single day. It flipped to that, you know. So my wife was like super happy. My mom's super happy, but me being the competitor that I am was more so like, okay, now I have to flip this switch from being, let's say, a big time player at Maccabi to how can I become the best teammate, best role player, best anything for Milwaukee to get them to that next level, you know? Did you have a moment, though, where you walked in and you were like, hey, this is sweet, man? I think I think when, when uh, I was in uh, Indiana for my first game, uh, when I was inactive, and I was, you know, jet lagged. I'm still a little bit of jet lagged. Um, and I was just seeing, uh, you know, Giannis, all these guys. But I was telling someone else for, like, the past two years, every time before I go to sleep, I would envision like this. So it doesn't seem that out of, out of like picture, you know, I would envision like walking myself saying, Hey, what's up, Giannis? Hey, what's up, Drew? So like doing it now, is kind of like deja vu. Like I've already done it. So I feel like that's helped me a lot during this process. Um, I've kind of already envisioning that this happening. So um, yeah, it's still, a, you know, aha moment being, being on, you know, the private jet flying back from Indiana. And it's almost like, am I dreaming this or am I like tired? Because like I said, again, I'm jet lag. I don't really know what's going on. Like, so, yeah. Hey, you check in, you waste little time making an impact. You pull up for three. It goes down. What was your mentality going into those first few minutes or even seconds as an NBA player? I think for me is um, I don't feel like I don't need to change my game. It's got me here. Uh, I've worked hard to to get here. And I think the biggest thing is understanding that, at the end of the day, everyone on the court puts their shorts on the same way I put mine on, and it's a basketball. So, like, there's no reason I should be nervous to play basketball. I mean, the best players in the world miss shots. So, if I had an open shot, I it's going up as soon as I touch it. And it wasn't just, like, a, a cockiness thing. It was a, It's confidence, like, understanding that and not being scared to make mistakes. You know, I'm not going to go out there like, oh, well, coach is going to do this if I, you know, like, I'm going to go out there and play my game and, and see how it goes. And there's going to be good days, going to be bad days. And, you know, I had a, I had a good game. But, um, yeah, I just have confidence in my, my, my abilities. 
So when you put on your shorts, are you a left leg first or a right leg first guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get into any of all that. I just put it on. <laughs> Two feet at a time. You just jump in. <laughs> um, jump in. <laughs> the, the Bucks make sense given that you played for them a couple years ago in the summer league and had a, a 31-point game. We remember that. Was there a connection after that where they were still interested in kind of watching you at that point? Were, were other teams in the mix? Yeah, for sure. I think I think uh, that game definitely helped. Um, and then going into EuroLeague, EuroLeague is obviously a high level of basketball, and there's a lot of high level players over there, and they've kept an eye on me. And other teams have come into the mix. But in terms of, I wanted it to be the right opportunity, right fit, and I feel like this is a great opportunity for me, not just because of like a Milwaukee being the team I played for. I think I tell people this all the time. I think the the way they run the organization here and the people they have running the organization are you know, high-level people. And if it wasn't basketball, they'd be running some high-level company, just the way they treat people and, and make you feel and stuff like that. Obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks have some very high-level players, a uh, constant MVP candidate and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we kind of wanted to know, what was the first thing that was said between you guys when you got into the locker room? The first thing Giannis well, obviously said, what's up? But when he checked out at the game, I had a – one of my watches on that my father-in-law gave me and he said, nice watch. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. As soon as, he, as soon as he checked out the game, the first thing he said to me, nice watch. So. That's, that's pretty awesome. And Giannis actually does have a BYU connection, uh, not, not only with you, but uh, Craig Manning, who's a sports psychologist uh, and, and mental strength coach at BYU, actually consults with Giannis regularly. So there, there is a fun BYU connection there. We did want to ask about Sam Merrill as well, obviously another member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Utah State guy. You guys played in a, a game against each other. What's that conversation been like with Sam? No, it's been super helpful for me, you know, help me out there in the game. I don't know if you guys saw, you know, I'm still learning the players on the fly. So he's been uh, super helpful and, um, you know, it's kind of nice kind of knowing someone coming in and kind of helping me. Uh, through you know the transition, the play on the fly is get you the ball and and you shoot it. I thought that was that worked for 16 points on Sunday. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah, well, I'm trying to learn the play. <laughs> Dude, I'm coming back from Mexico. I'm at the border. It's an hour and 40 minute wait, and I'm like, oh, Elijah scored 16. How about that, man? That that was pretty cool, dude. What what was it like to play in your first game? Obviously, it's a unique game at the end of the year. Three seeds locked in from Milwaukee, but you get a lot of PT in that and. You made a bunch of shots, six rebounds as well. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said before, I'm going to go in and uh, play with confidence. And, you know, I kind of knew I was probably going to play because the last game I was – two games I was inactive and then I was active. And it's kind of just like, I mean, you got to stay ready. You know, you never know when your opportunity is going to come. So I think just mentally staying ready, um, being prepared, and, and understanding that um, it's okay to make mistakes. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up is they want to play perfect, and that's not possible. No one – um, and this world is perfect, and that's, you know, why we're here. Eliza Bryant with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Milwaukee Bucks are very much a playoff team, three seed locked in, ready to make a postseason run. What do you envision your role will be, or have they defined something to you since you have arrived in Milwaukee? I think my biggest role right now is just to help the team in whatever aspect that is. That's being a great teammate. That's going in and, and passing the ball to Giannis. That's scoring. I mean, it's getting a water bottle for somebody. You know what I mean? Like I'm just here to, you know, be the best teammate I can be and then, um, you know, help the team out in any way possible to, you know, make this next jump um, and winning some games. Give us a sense of some of the experiences you have had in Israel um, as a player in a foreign country, Euro league as well. You play at a super high level. 
that have helped you prepare you for a situation, not only the regular season of the NBA, but now you jump into game one against the Heat on Saturday? I think for me, like uh, playing in EuroLeague, just with the crazy fans, you know, coaches screaming, um, allows the game to really slow down, you know, for me. Um, in terms of, you know, playing in the NBA, there's not screaming fans like there are, you know, overseas. And um, it's not more so like coaches don't scream at players in terms of, you know, like coaching styles here. So it's kind of prepared me for the the, the chaos, but there's not as much chaos in the NBA, you know. So I think uh, Maccabi did a great job of preparing me for this opportunity. Israel was essentially your, your mission, right? You go to a foreign country, you don't speak the language, it's different food, but you got to play basketball and you were married. But but yeah, yeah, that was like your mission. Welcome back to the land of English and American food, man. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It was a great time there. I love the people there. Uh, the culture, I always tell people, the, you know, the Jewish, the Jewish culture is very similar to, um, you know, our culture in terms of family with Shabbat and stuff like that. They, they value family a lot. So I'm I'm really grateful for Israel, for sure. Understandably, the political unrest in Israel and what's going on over there is a very scary and in in many ways frightening situation. How were you handling that, trying to transition back to the NBA while paying attention to what was happening in the country? I think the, I mean, obviously for me, um, it's a long history of of what they've been going through. and, And I don't know exactly all the history, but I do know, I mean, I just, you know, pray for peace for both sides. Um, I don't really take a stand on, on either side. I do know more about the Israeli side, just being there. My teammates still there, but I think it's an unfortunate situation. And I, and I, I mean, I hope they can come to some sort of, you know, peace agreement. Related to basketball in Israel, what you talked about some of the crazy experiences you've had, what were, what were some funny or interesting experiences where you thought, Oh, that's unique. I've never done that before. Uh, I mean, I've seen, like, lighters thrown on the floor. I've seen players get spit on. Um, yeah, the fans are just out of con- – I mean, they're, it's out of control in a good way, but sometimes they can't be contained. Um, in terms of traveling, you know, being an Israeli team, when we travel to certain countries that have, you know, maybe more of a Palestinian population, the security measures are taken to – another step. So that was, that kind of took me back for um, a second, just, you know, having cameras outside your doors, you know, having security guards everywhere, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, I kind of got used to it. Mm. Elijah, you've always been good at compartmentalizing, even when you were at BYU, focusing on church things, basketball, school, and now you're a husband uh, as well as a father. So how have you changed the most from the time you left BYU to now where you are? I think the biggest thing, I would say my eternal perspective kind of got bigger and understanding that, I mean, I'm going to play basketball for 10 to 10 to 12 years, 15 years, and understanding that the impact I have on people on where I go is going to be bigger than my basketball impact. And I've kind of understand this, you know, platform is for me to bring, you know, more people unto Christ and stuff like that. And then I was telling uh, Spencer earlier, just if I have a bad game, and then I come home and see my wife and son. It kind of puts everything in perspective. You know, it's a it's a game, you know. But I think that's kind of how I changed the most. And that allows me to actually be better at my job, I feel like. You know, I'm not as stressed if I miss a shot. I'm not as stressed if I have a bad game. And understand that, you know, I'm in it for the for the long run. 
Again, so many congratulations from us and all across BYU Sports Nation to you. Be well. Take some BYU Sports Nation karma. We will be watching closely. Thrilled to have you back, Elijah. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you. Elijah Bryant with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. So happy for him. He's worked so hard. Cougar back in the NBA. Yes, think about the road he's taken to get to this point. And when he left, there was was some criticism, right? Like, why are you leaving? Why why another undrafted guy? He made it, right? Which is good. And hopefully it's a long tenure. He's, He's on the roster for the playoffs, which is super exciting. Hopefully that means he's on the roster for next year as well. And uh, he can go from there. But uh, that was a tough road, man. And like you talked about, some crazy experiences. Yeah. Eli, we're, we're just we're thrilled for you. It's exciting. He's playing on a playoff team. His name's Elijah, which is a great name, right? Great religious name. His middle name is Brigham. Don't forget that yeah. part. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, coming up, the West Coast Conference softball player of the year. As a freshman, Violet Zavodnik joins the program. First time ever. And Gonzaga men's basketball. Well, they get better, Jerem. Hooray. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. For highlights, interviews, and archive content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. With nine players on the West Coast Conference first and second teams and honorable mentions, plus winning four of the five major awards, is BYU softball the most dominant team in its conference on campus? Well, because the MPSF is a federation, Jerem. Like Star Trek thing? Then I will say yes, because BYU softball is actually in a conference. But if this included federations too, men's volleyball would probably have an argument there for what they just pulled off. I've got men's cross country potentially in there as well. You remember not last year, but the year before, the top five runners all crossed at the same time together. That was unbelievable. And women's cross country, amazing as well. Uh, National championship. I love that we have to think about this for a long time when answering this question. That's how good all of the Olympic sports have been. So dominant. So dominant. All right, here we go. In the latest ESPN college basketball recruiting rankings, Gonzaga is ranked number two overall. Yay. Has added more five-star recruits than any other team. Three. So how does this make you feel, Jerem? I feel good. Oh, I feel so good. Uh. Okay, that did not work. We, we will chat later. It's 5533, just so you know. Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, Chet Holmgren looks like McLovin. Uh, Hickman goes to Wasatch, by the way, and Hunter Salas is probably amazing. I don't know. I don't really care. They're going to win the league regardless of whether they're five or four star. This is how it is. I just want Gonzaga to win the natty. They need, they need to do that to validate everything that's happening. That's the one yes. thing they have not been able to do. Yes. Right? Uh, yes, absolutely. So the, the better they get, the better the win will become for BYU. And that's they, what I was just going to say. Like, typically BYU finds a way to beat Gonzaga once every few years in some dramatic fashion. All it takes me is saying I'll shave my head. <laughs> and then a couple after that. So, yeah, when, when BYU that. beats the team that has three five-star recruits, it'll make it all the more sweet. Yeah. Jimmer's back at it with Trick Shot Tuesdays, entertaining social media. This time uh, he made a shot while juggling uh, three balls in the air. Mm. Is Jimmer's TikTok game as good as his actual game? No, but I am encouraged by what Jimmer is doing 
as a potential TikTok star like that. That's pretty <laughs> the good. The creativity is fantastic. I want to know how many takes. That's what I really want to know. We need to get him on the show and ask him about it. He, he can juggle, though. I can respect that. I can juggle three. Juggling is I tough. Can three. It, take, it takes a while. It, it is tough. Hey, respect, Jimmer. Who does respect you? Uh, coming up, today's Rising Chat. Plus, she made history the first ever freshman of the year and player of the year in West Coast Conference softball. Violet Savodnik joins us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Baseball host Pepperdine, final series of the season. You can listen to it live tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, on BYU Radio 107.9 FM locally and the BYU Cougar app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Wednesday. We are live in Studio B. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom is West Coast Conference freshman and player of the year, Making history, Violet Zavodnik. Violet, congratulations on both of those big-time awards. Thank you so much. How did you find out that you were not just the freshman of the year, but the player of the year? Where were you, and who told you? Um, so we were on our way to our tournament, so we were kind of like in our locker room area, and Nate comes by and was just telling you, it was literally just me and Riley in the room. She's like, oh, like here's the, like, the announcements, you can't make any announcements. And like he said it, and I was like literally just shocked. There's no words on my face, nothing, literally just blank. It's crazy, right? And, and, and frankly, I was a little disappointed. 513 in conference, I thought you could have hit 600. I just really thought <laughs> you just mailed it in, Violet. I'll, I'm just kidding. That was an amazing season from you, and, and it was fun to call a couple of games this year. Not only your glove and center field, but uh, your just ability to get on base, and, and it was awesome. So what did you expect this year to be versus what it turned out to be so far? Honestly, I was coming in with, like, no, like, I just didn't – feel like college was just going to be like this. I came in just knowing, hey, I'm just going to play softball with people who are older with me, the seniors that haven't graduated, and then coming in, I was like, I didn't expect any of this, like enjoying it, having the best team in the world, and kind of just like being myself and like succeeding together. How did you end up at BYU of all places? Because you had options, plenty of them, coming out of high school in Southern California. Um, honestly, when I came to visit, I had a bunch of teammates on my travel team that came there, especially like Natalie, she was a catcher, Carly Brown, she's a pitcher. They like were talking to me about BYU and then I took a visit and I absolutely fell in love. Like it came like home, everything like just came to me. I just felt like this was a place for me to be. Spencer told me that you played high school baseball. What walk us through that and that you did pretty well. Like not softball, yes. baseball. <laughs> Yeah, so um, when I came to high school, my sister was a senior and played softball our freshman year, but then things happened, so like we stopped. But my junior year, we had a new baseball coach, and I was very close to him. Like We were really good friends. Like He helped me like when I needed like people to hit me or I need batting practice. Like, he was there. So then he said, come out and try out. So I tried out for the baseball team, and honestly, it was so much fun. The boys, the way that they play, like I don't know, it's hands down probably one of the funnest years I've ever had. How'd you how'd you hit? What was your batting average? I'm pretty sure it's in the 300s. I think my senior year, uh-huh. I was like 316, 320 yeah. around yeah. that area. That's incredible. Um, tell tell because there's obviously there's a difference. Um, but what was it like to play that, and then you transition back to softball? It was definitely hard in the beginning, but 
honestly, I think it benefited me so much learning more range because like since baseball field is a little bit bigger, it was able to like open my eyes and like know that I have more range to my right or to my left. But like, and then for hitting, like with the pitching being so different becoming overhand, I feel like I had to like kind of focus on the ball more. So when it came to softball, I was able to like pick spins or like Picks different speeds, and I kind of just benefit me from that. Yeah, it's becoming clear. You hit over 500 in softball because you hit over 300 in baseball, Violet. That is incredible stuff. Violet Zavodnik, the player and freshman of the year in the West Coast Conference with us on BYU Sports Nation. You're headed to the NCAA tournament. In fact, you're in Tempe right now. Just finished up uh, some of your COVID testing. How are you feeling as a team as you prepare for Virginia Tech and what we think is probably going to be a matchup with Arizona State? We're ready. Honestly, it's at this point, we played Arizona back in preseason and things happen, but we're ready. Honestly, we're so hyped. We're so excited. We're going to, we're going to take it. We're going to win. It would be the second regional in BYU history. It'd be a notable accomplishment. Getting to the postseason, always good as well. But walk us through those first uh, two games with Arizona State that started this season, a 7-2 loss and then a 7-5 loss that went, uh, you know, extra innings into eight. What, what, what will be different about this time? I think for us, since we were such a young team and we kind of like, it was our first game together, first like game out of BYU, out of Provo. I think now like coming back to it, we're already ready. We had our season, we had conference, we had everything. We're kind of a team now. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We were a team in the beginning, but I think we're a team now. And I think honestly, we're so like, we would just love, each other and I feel like now that we're unbeatable we can just we can win I like that I just looked at the box score from the first game and I realized that you hit a homer in your first game in college. <laughs> yeah it was my first at bad didn't think that was gonna happen either <laughs> well, you're pretty good at this you're pretty good um this team is used to winning like you said you said you feel unbeatable what, what is it about the makeup of this team that makes you feel like you guys are going to get out of the regional and go to the Super Regional? For me, honestly, this is like my family, like my, my home away from home. Like everyone on this team, like, they treat me like sisters. We're family. Like I think when it comes down to it, like I would die for any of them. They would die for me. It's just kind of like that bond that I feel like no one else has. And like we just created it. And it's just something that, For me, I don't think it's unstoppable. You play with a very experienced veteran and uber-talented outfield in Riley Jensen and Hannah Jo Peterson. How has playing with those two specifically helped you in your transition into college softball? It's it's been great, honestly, Riley Jensen. Like, so much eye-opening. Like, I learned from her. I definitely look up to her and all everything that she's done with Hannah Jo. Like, She's just that calming person. Like I definitely get a little hyped, a little like over anxious in the outfield. And like with those two by my side, I just calm down and like we are just unbeatable. Because as an outfield, I just love them. Like I learned so much from both of them, the wiseness from Riley, and then just having Joe there by my side calming me down. It just it's just unbelievable. I love your name. It's very fun to uh, say as a play by play. Tell us the origin of of your first name, Violet, and then where is Zavodnik from? Okay, so Violet is from my dad's side, I believe. I'm not sure, honestly, because they created our names between both sides of our family. 
So it's from my dad's side, which is uh, Polynesian. And then my last name is also from my dad's side, and it's Czechoslovakian. Mm, Polynesian and Czechoslovakian. Yes. Wow, that's quite the combination. I like that. <laughs> 41 combined home runs between the three outfielders. Just doing some math on the screen right there. Uh, what is it about the outfield specifically that makes you so powerful and effective at the plate with the long ball? Honestly, I don't know. Having us with Riley one, Joe two, and me three, I think we do this thing in the, in the beginning and we're like, Oh, we're going to link up today. We're going to have all our power sticks. Like, even though like if one's not linked up with us, we're still unbeatable, but with all three of us, it's so powerful because we just both, we all want each other to like succeed and to cheer each other on and just have a good year. And you bat one, two, three, which is super fun. So it feels like you guys just kind of control the game because you're the outfield and you bat one, two, three, which is really fun. Tell us about the heat in Tempe. It's going to be a high in 97 today. I was just there last week. It was 100, right? I'm there because I can swim in my mom's pool. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's different. You got to play. And these are high stakes. So uh, are, are you guys drinking extra water? Did you take the pickle juice down there? What are you guys going to do to stay hydrated? <laughs> Well, we definitely got a lot of water at the grocery store yesterday, so I think we're going to be drinking a lot, lots of water. But I don't know about the pickle juice one. Have you, have you heard that thing at BYU, pickle juice for cramps? No, I haven't. Okay, so apparently farmers, the, the, the old wives' tale is that the farmers would be out all day in the sun, and so uh, to avoid cramps, they would drink pickle juice. Tastes terrible. Oh, I've wow. tried it. It's awful. <laughs> apparently, it, apparently, it's like the best thing ever for cramps. So if you get real desperate, just tell the train, hey, we need some pickle, pickle juice, juice in here, and they'll know what to do. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> All right, Violet, let's finish with this. Is there a revenge factor in your mind with Arizona State? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. There's no doubt. Honestly, like this time around, it's game. Like It's, it's war pretty much. We're going to come out, and we're going to be strong. Okay, well, let's give you some BYU <clears throat> Sports Nation karma. Uh, and I don't know. You should ask Riley Jensen about that if you don't know about it. You should ask Hannah and Joe Peterson about that. You take it. You're already awesome. You'll play even better with the BYU Sports Nation karma. So take that. Good luck against Virginia Tech. And uh, we cannot wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You got it. The West Coast Conference Freshman and Player of the Year, Violet Zavodnik. He's awesome, man. Polynesian, Czechoslovakian. On the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, Deseret First, you know why we show how. And I didn't realize that she hit a homer in her first at bat. I just glanced at the box score of the first game. I was like, oh, she hit a homer. Oh, at first she, bat. She's a star. She batted star. 300 in plus. High school, in high school baseball, varsity baseball. Which is good for anybody. But, come, you know, that's awesome. I love that. And she's a great story uh, in BYU sports this year. So, congrats. Best luck to the Kooks tomorrow. I can't wait for those games. Okay, coming up, your play-in tournament ideas with college football play. Plus, who has earned the rise and shout-out on this Wednesday, May 19th? I know that you cannot wait, so stay with us. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast by Googling it, subscribe, review, and rate. Our question of the day, what would your version of a possible play-in tournament look like for college football playoffs? I'm excited for Warriors-Lakers tonight. It's, a fun, it's a fun deal. Loser plays the 9-10.
and then the loser of that's out. That's pretty crazy. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, at Sports Bros adds, rankings one through four get buys, and those teams ranked five to 12 get a play-in, also known as the first round of the playoffs. Okay, so 12 teams, four buys for the top teams. four teams. I still like the 10 teams with the six New Year's Six games already. I feel like the infrastructure is already set up. The big money games. Well, you can always just make other games. It's true. You can't. Like, you, you don't. Have, like, what's the name of the national championship game? What bowl is that again? It's, it's just the it's national the, It's the national championship. What are the semifinals? Oh, we. They, yeah, there are existing bowl games that they're trying to appease, but like, if you add more, it's okay. By the way, uh, your boy, Phil Steele, not to be confused with Feel Still. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big thanks to BYU head coach Kalani Stocky for taking an hour plus to go over his BYU football team with me today. So, the magazine. Yeah, I wonder what. Old Phil is going to have BYU projected as in 2021. Well, and his job has become harder because of all the transfers that have yet to happen, and he has to go to print, you know, yeah, the it's physical tough. book. All right, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Cougar Stats chiming in uh, on the college football playoffs in a playing tournament, saying something which prevents Gary Barta from being able to apply his eye test what if we find out that gary barta had like terrible vision wait maybe we already know this we should ask matt brown our buddy in ohio about gary barta and angry byu fans and emails they've sent we know it understand today's rise and shout outs presented by mountain where credit union guiding you forward stanford yes for doing the right thing and not cutting those sports you are stanford don't tell me it's a financial thing. Come on, man. So I am very uh, glad that for whatever reason, I don't care what the reason was, that they made the right decision. Yes. The 36 sports strong people that uh, kind of put this in movement. Yeah. Nice, nicely done. I'm, I'm happy we'll see Stanford BYU men's volleyball. Yes. All right. Our thanks to today's guest, Elijah Bryant of the Milwaukee Bucks and the West Coast Conference player of the year in softball, Violet Zavodnik. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Shoot, we ran out of time there. Yeah. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Kristen De La Housey. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!